With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're giving instant draft grades for all 32 NFL teams. Connor and I are going up and down the entire draft list for all 32 teams, talking about the players that we like, the selections that we liked at their spots. Did they trade up? Did they trade down? How they navigated the draft? Everything that goes into a draft strategy. And then, of course, the Hall of Players rounds one through seven. How did we like it? We're going to let you know with grading format. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys after... The 2023 NFL Draft has concluded. All three days of the draft are done, but you knew that the draft takes wouldn't stop here on this podcast. As we promised, Connor and I are back to give you our instant draft grades for all 32 NFL teams. We're going to be going division by division through this little bit of a lengthy podcast and talk about some of the guys at the top that we think are high-impact players, some draft steals that these guys or these teams got later in the uh, in the weekend. And Connor, I'm just excited for it, man. This is, this is a lot of fun. Now that we know exactly where these teams have landed, we get the full picture, right? We get to see the draft strategies that unfolded, what they prioritized, what they never did, and some gems that might have fallen into their laps. So this is going to be a lot of fun grading these teams. It really is. It's always a fun process. You, you try to go about a lot of different things, value what the team was working with, uh, some of the trade-outs and compensation they got back, of course, value and need and you know, of the players and overall talent. So a lot goes into this, and you try to be fair. You try not to be overreactionary to each side. So, of course, there's a lot of B-minuses and things like that because ultimately some teams only have so much to work with. And, Trevor, it was funny that you know you said like we you think it always leads up to the draft and then it's over. I saw some of our comments, at, which we appreciate. They were like, we're really going to miss this channel after the draft. Uh, folks, we're not going anywhere, right? right. Like we might, we're going to scale back a little bit. Like you've been sometimes getting three to four episodes at a time during the week or we went live and things like that. We are still going to be consistently on the channel throughout the off season, at least once a week. So I just want to make that loud and clear. Don't leave us. Don't forget about us. We're still here. Yes. Don't please don't hit unsubscribe. We're Our begging you to please. I need to feed my, my family. <laughs> my 12 kids need the food on the table. 12 kids. You 12 and Antonio Cromarty can yep, have a 11 exactly. on 11 tournament against each other. So, so, and if, like, if his, uh, Rogers Cromarty shows up, it would be even more fitting as my last name is Rogers and his would be Cromarty. And then you'd have Dominique Rogers Cromarty 
This is turning into like a Francesa bit. I have to stop myself right now. This is my brain's absolutely mush, and that can't be because we've got like an hour and forty five minutes of this podcast. Yeah, let's to get go it going. On. So, all right, so let's start with the NFC East, and we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm gonna read most of these draft selections. Sometimes I won't read all of them because some teams like drafted. 12 times. So I think you're going to be able to see them on the screen as we go through this podcast. If you're watching this bad boy on YouTube, Dallas Cowboys started off with Mozzie Smith in the first round, Luke Schoenmacher in the second round, the tight end from Michigan. So back-to-back Michigan picks there for him. DeMarvian Overshow and the linebacker from uh, Texas goes in the third round. Vanimi Fajoko, the edge rusher from San Jose state going in the fourth round, Asim Richards in the fifth round, the offensive tackle from UNC a little bit further down the list. We have everybody's favorite feel good story of the weekend. It felt like Deuce Vaughn, the running back out of Kansas state getting picked by his dad. His dad got to make the call because his dad works for the Dallas Cowboys cool and his dad actually got to call him and tell his son that he was getting drafted to that same, that, that very same team. So Connor, would you give the Cowboys grade after the weekend? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Man, I kind of hate that you started with this one because this was not one of my favorite draft classes, and I I feel bad. I classic classic us literally not talking about where we're going no, to go. But, and no, no, it it had to be said eventually, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. I I like a lot of the things the Cowboys have done over the years. I think Will McClay does a really good job with this roster through the draft, and you know we're big Dak fans on this podcast and big mm-hmm. CD fans on this podcast. And to be fair, the Cowboys were picking pretty late in a not so loaded draft, but I gave this a C minus. Honestly, I just I think Massey Smith is a fine player. I think it makes them a little beefier and tougher in the middle, which is something that they were out to do. When you look at Shoemaker, he's someone that sure an older prospect. I I thought his best work was done as a move blocker. Uh, Did you need to take that 58th overall? It was a little early for me here. And then Trevor, I thought they just kind of struggled to get value. If I'm being honest with you, I just was looking through this draft for them and saying, you know, when are the Cowboys going to get that classic value pick that this guy shouldn't be here? And I I was a little frustrated with it as a whole. Like I, I can't sit here and tell you, I I love the Shoemaker pick when I liked Tucker craft and Darnell Washington so much better. So, yeah. And I understand there's some medical stuff with Washington, but we'll see how that plays out. So a C minus. It's one of my my tougher graded drafts. Uh, I'll tell you this. I try to do a little value for everybody. I love that they got Hunter Lupke, the fullback tight end running back in UDFA process. I think that's a nice little addition for them throughout all of this. But overall, I just didn't see the Cowboys get. Listen, it's hard to get a difference maker considering where they were picking, but I really, really struggled with the value for them. And and I thought Mozzie was a little bit of a reach, but I understand the need of that kind of player. I just didn't think they really did a good job in rounds two and three. And those were so pivotal points in this draft. Yeah. What I, I, I give it a B minus. I'm going to give the Cowboys a B minus here. Um, okay. I, I think that Mozzie Smith made sense for what they were going for. We, we heard that they were going to add a little bit of beef on the interior defensive line. We talked about defensive line, one of being one of their top priorities, top needs, if you will. So, 
Mozzie going there makes sense because he is a more athletic defensive lineman. If you're going to take one in the first round, that's kind of where your, your mind is going to go. I'm not so sure they would have even been on a guy like Elijah Cansey if Elijah Cansey made it there. So I can understand the pick making sense. I wasn't as high on Mozzie Smith as, as a lot of other people were. I thought his tape was a little bit hot and cold. You know me, we, we went over some of our tight end rankings. I like Luke Schumacher. I, I really do. But again, going back to your point, Tucker Crafts on the board. Uh, Darnell Washington yeah. especially is on the board. And it's hard for me to say like, okay, you you knocked it out of the park because we knew that they were going to add a tight end. And Schumacher is somebody who I like versus the players that were still on the board though. Kind of tough for me. It was clearly a preference thing. This is just a guy that they really like. Somebody who I think is going to be a better pro than he even was in college. So it's hard for me to hate too much on the pick. So I'm giving it a B minus. Probably could have given it a B, but maybe it'll be a little bit harsh here because nobody really blew me away as the draft went on either overshown unique player am i sure he's going to thrive in the nfl no they it, it just it uh, but i am Top curious to see pick. how yeah i am curious to see how dan quinn prioritizes that length and where he puts him is he going to put him more on the edge is he going to leave him more as an off-ball linebacker what are you going to do with overshown that former safety who's put on some weight now playing at the second level are you going to get him even closer to the line scrimmage so to be seen but it is a little bit of a tough draft class to evaluate so I gave the Cowboys a B minus, but they did have the best feel good story of the draft with. Um, that was awesome. Uh, Great moment. With, with, with Deuce Vaughn going where he did. Okay. How about I throw you a softball here? How about we go with the Philadelphia Eagles for the next election? Thank okay. You. Philadelphia Eagles. This one's going to be pretty easy. They get Jalen Carter at number nine overall, trade up one spot with the Chicago Bears to make that one happen. Get Nolan Smith, stop his slide at 30 in the first round. No second round selections, but. Tyler Steen in round three, Sidney Brown in round three, Keely Ringo round four, Tanner McKee round six. I mean, round six for Tanner McKee. All right, that's cool with me. Moral Jomo all the way to the seventh round. Dude, this is one of the best drafts out there. So what do you get? What's your final grade here for the Philadelphia Eagles? So I made a little pact with myself that when we did this exercise, I'll only give out one A-plus in the entire league. So uh, keep that in mind. I only want to do one A-plus on this show. The Eagles got an A. This was a great draft, it, a really, really great draft. And they're getting all the praise they're getting they deserved. I mean, listen, we we know Jalen Carter could be the best player in this draft. We love the infrastructure they have for him to succeed there. What Nolan Smith could do at us an undersized edge, a guy that got a lot of Hassan Reddick comps. Trevor, we had that conversation about him here so many different times. I really liked Tyler Steen. I feel like this is the most underrated pick of the Eagles draft because everybody's like, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. And it's awesome. But Steen, I had him as the 66th overall player in the draft. They took him 65th. I think he can kick into guard and be a kick-ass guard. I know you were really high on Sidney Brown in a weak safety class. He's a guy that's a big-time tester. I thought the best value pick was Keely Ringo. Whether he plays corner or safety there, I don't really care. I just look at Ringo and go, man, he was somebody that I valued as a top 50 player. Adam 44th overall. I mean, I liked that they were aggressive to get him. And when you just consider the fact that they got him at 105 and then you go to Tanner McKee, who snuck into the end of my top 100, I think he was 99th. They got him at 188. What is there to say about the Eagles draft? They just load up on talent. The Eagles are finding the fine balance of getting picks that are, oh, we're a Super Bowl contender. We got impact, but also, oh, we are going to fill out starter holes when we can't pay certain free agents in two to three years as well. So great job by Howie Roseman. The Eagles deserve all the praise they've gotten. This is an A. (sighs) 
I'm going to give it an A plus, man. I, I, I don't have the same rules that you do. I'm giving myself a little bit more freedom. I'm probably going to hand out a couple of A pluses throughout this draft. There are three that come to my mind that I think that I'm going to get to A pluses. I'm still debating. I haven't said them yet on the podcast yet. And so it's like, okay, it's a fringe, but I think there are the Eagles are one of those teams that absolutely deserve an A plus for the way that they drafted getting Jalen Carter all the way in the back end of the top 10 trading up to make sure that nobody else got him. It's hard to, it's, it's honestly hard to give them credit for picking Nolan Smith at 30 because Nolan Smith should have gone so much earlier. And it's almost like an obvious dub, but they made it happen at the end of the day. They're prioritizing a lot of the players on this Georgia defense, Healy Ringo for as much, like you said, for as much as we criticize, maybe some of the deficiencies that he has in his game when it comes to the flexibility and change directions, flipping, flipping the hit fourth round. Come on. I mean, it's an easy, it's an easy choice for a great value pick there with Keely Ringo. You and I saw Tyler Steen very similarly in, in what he could be as a interior player or a spot starter at tackle. And then Sidney Brown, one of my favorite football players in this entire class, him getting to play on that Eagles defense. I think it's a perfect identity fit. Absolutely love it. Eagles get an A plus for me. Washington commanders, another team that might have a very interesting grade. I'm, I'm curious to get your take on they had some needs along the offensive line and they had some needs at corner and the defensive back. I was wondering where they were going to prioritize them. And clearly the way the board fell, they liked a lot of guys in the secondary because their first two selections, Emmanuel Forbes in the first round and then Jartavius Martin, the safety slash nickel corner from Illinois in the second round. Then in the third and fourth round, they go to the trenches. Ricky Stromberg, the center from Arkansas in the third round. Braden Daniels, the offensive tackle from Utah in the, in the fourth. K.J. Henry, um, a sound veteran, good presence, edge player from Clemson. You got Chris Rodriguez, a powerhouse kind of a running back in the sixth round, and then Andre Jones in the seventh. What'd you think of the commander's choice selection? We, we figured offensive line and corner were going to be the spots they go after, but prioritizing them the way that they did with the players that they ended up selecting, what grade do you have? I thought they put their hard hat on for rounds two through five. Like it was really impressive what they were able to do in terms of attacking their needs. And I don't hate Emmanuel Forbes. I didn't value him as a first round player. I valued him as a late second round player. So it's not like Forbes is this disaster class kind of pick there. It's just, it was a reach to me. It was earlier. I would have taken Gonzalez, but we'll see how that plays out. But Jertavius Martin, the athleticism and the ability to play in the slot or play free safety Phenomenal. I graded Ricky Stromberg as a future starting center in this league. I really liked Braden Daniels in this draft. I was actually surprised at how little buzz he got um, to play inside or outs. Really, probably play all five positions. Is it a little early for him? Maybe I had him at 140. I, like I've said before, picks one slots 105 to 185. Positional value and need kind of you know matters a lot here, where you don't get too hung up on that. KJ Henry was the value pick. I had him at 111. They yeah. got him at 137. Yep. I think he's a guy that gives a lot of effort as a rusher and is really figuring it out. So I'm sneaking a spin move there this season. I like what he could do. The commanders for me were a B minus. I mean, if they took if they took Gonzalez in the first round, I would have given them an A. That's or an A minus, I would say. But I thought they got starters in rounds two through five or guys with starting potential. And that is very, very hard to do. So this was a solid draft for Washington. Yeah, I, I I I liked it as well. I would give them a B. This would be a B draft for me, and it really all hinges upon Emmanuel Forbes, right? Because I, I agree with what you said. You got good athleticism from Braden Daniels. He'll give you that swing tackle versatility. I like Ricky Stromberg as well. Jartavius Martin was a top 50 player for me. I believe he was 48 on my big board. He ends up getting 
picked at number 47. So right around that same kind of value. So, you know, I like that KJ Henry, really high floor edge player that I think is going to maximize some of the depth that they need now, right. That they're going to need, not just this year, because they got Montez sweat and chase young for this year, but next year they're moving on from one of those guys. They're going to have to have somebody who's at least in the system. They can feel good about to fortify that depth of the defensive line of the edge rush room, especially because there's a lot of money already invested in it with Deron Payne and John Allen. So it really all just hinges upon Emmanuel Forbes. Is he this ball hawking playmaker who's going to just be a shutdown type of corner and a, and a major turnover machine at the NFL level, a guy who's going to get you a lot of force and completions, a lot of plays on the ball, or is that weight at 166, that zeroth percentile weight, going to overpower even some of the great stuff that we saw at Mississippi state on his tape. I had him 30th, I believe on my big board where did you, you had Forbes much lower, right? Yeah. I think 59th. So you had him much lower. So that explains that just my overall grades a little bit higher than yours. I got a little bit more faith in Forbes. I agree. If this would have been Christian Gonzalez, it would have been a fantastic draft. It would have been two of my favorite defensive backs and then some nice beef that you're adding in the mid-tier round. So this one gets a B for me. But if Forbes works out, man, then look it's a, lot a different. class that, yeah, it is It is a class that's going to uh, look a lot different there. So, all right, we got the Eagles. We got the Cowboys. We got the Commanders. Now it's time to get to the New York Giants, see what their grade is. Deontay Banks, their first selection at number 24. A little bit of a little bit of a trade from 25 to 24 to make that happen. The cornerback from Maryland, John Michael Smith, your boy, the center from Minnesota, going in the second round. Then Jalen Hyatt in the third. Didn't have a fourth round pick. Got Eric Gray in the fifth round. Uh, Trey Hawkins, Jordan Riley. Um Javarius Owens uh, is is how we rounded this one out. So what did you think about this class? What grade are you giving the Giants? I think Joe Shane, working with his staff, did a really, really good job. I gave the Giants a B plus. I was impressed with their ability to hit on positional value while still really addressing their true needs. That's what stood out to me with the Giants. They needed that number one corner of the future. They got Banks and they were aggressive to move up to get Banks or swap to get Banks. They've been doing so much work on corner leading up to this draft. And I think they were even pleasantly surprised that one of their guys fell to them. John Michael Schmitz, maybe the highest floor of any interior offensive lineman in this draft and the giants don't have a center. So the fact they got him at 57 is tremendous. I like Jalen Hyatt. I really do. I understand why he slid, but I looked at Hyatt as a guy that was a surefire round two player. I had him 40th overall. Now you have a vertical threat that takes some defenders out of the box and, and stresses the back end of the defense that Saquon Barkley could do damage. Hopefully they figure out what's going on there and, and he'll be back. And if they don't, my value pick was Eric Gray. I liked yeah. Eric Gray in this trap. He went yeah. 172nd overall. I had him 119th. I think he's a good pass catcher. I love his ability to cut in the open field and make defenders miss. The Gi like The Giants didn't have the, the pick in this draft where it's like superstar but they got starters at needs that are really good players. And that's a, that's a B plus, which on my scale, like where they were picking, that's hard to do. So shout out to Joe Shane and the giants. Nice job. Yeah. So much. So I'm giving them a little bit higher of a grade. I'm going to give them an a minus. I, I like this draft a ton, man. When you look at things rounds one through seven, of course, there's going to be some less notable names anywhere past round four. It's it, to me, that's not really what that's about. If you get some extra steals in there, yes, that could bump up your grade a little bit. But it's really, to me, about what you did, especially in those rounds one through three, the rounds that you know you need impact, either at the starter level or good depth rotational players. 
For the Giants, they selected three players, which at one point in time were all being mocked to them in the first round, right? Jalen Hyatt is a potential deep threat receiver that they could have gotten in the first round. Now, of course, we are calibrated now to where Jalen Hyatt's stock should have been, but third round Jalen Hyatt, it's good value. Right. That's where Done. that's where they should have picked him. And he's a receiver that is great for him to really stretch the field. It's something that they weren't able to do or did not do last year. Maybe it was because they didn't have this type of player. John Michael Schmitz, plug and play interior offensive lineman. And then Devon, Deontay Banks going to the New York Giants might be my favorite fit of the entire draft. Player team fit because the New York Giants played more cover zero and more cover one than That's any wink. team in the NFL last year. That is Don Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator. It is we're going to play man coverage. We're going to man you up. We're going to go after receiver to cornerback matchups, and we're going to blanket you while we do a lot of creative things up front. But you can only do that up front if you have the corners in the back that you have faith in. That's exactly what Deontay Banks is. Deontay Banks is a... Hey, you see that wide receiver? Don't let him catch the pass. And he goes, okay, coach. That is, He is a man coverage machine. He can play up and press. He can get physical with you. He can turn and run. We know he's got great athleticism. Love the fit. His name minus from me. Just because they didn't make as much of a splash in the later rounds to, to, to get a full A, but A minus. I thought the Giants did a fantastic job. Let's go to the NFC North now. Green Bay Packers is where I'm going to start things off. Lucas Van Ness at number 13, so no JSN, no tight end there. Lucas Van Ness at the end of the day. Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed in the second, Tucker Kraft in the third, Kobe Wooden, the edge rusher from Auburn in the fourth, Sean QB1, Sean Clifford in the My fifth God. from Penn State, Montavious Wicks okay. from Virginia, who I know had a lot of fans in the fifth round as well, Carl Brooks as their sixth-round steal. Then you get a kicker and a handful of picks. That happened after that. Oh, I got I got a shout out to Anthony Johnson Jr. as well. The safety from Hell Iowa yeah. State who they got in the seventh round. I think that was a really nice pick by them. But Connor, what's your grade overall for the Packers here? Really torn on this draft. I've gone back and forth a lot and I landed on a B minus because I think they got a ton of value in Anthony Johnson Jr. He went at 242. I had him at 138. I think there's a He's chance a that better player than that yeah, yeah very odd maybe there's something we don't know there medical wise or who knows but i just thought he's somebody that at a minimum is your third safety like third safeties in the nfl don't go at 242 that's wild to me so that was a great pick i like lucas van ness power profile it, it, this was just a roller coaster of a draft and this is what almost made it more in the c's range i like Jaden reed i did not value Jaden reed over Marvin Mims, Tank Dell, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Josh Downs, Michael Wilson. I just didn't. I, I got to be honest here. Like, I think Jaden Reed could be a nice fourth wide receiver and a great return man. And when somebody gets hurt, he steps in as your number three. But you got to be honest of where the board was. This, this one surprised me. I'm not a huge Luke Musgrave fan, but they took Tucker Craft later on, who I liked better than Musgrave. So they kind of canceled out. Colby, Colby Wooden is a really interesting player in terms of his versatility as a rusher. The Sean Clifford pick is one of the laughers of the draft, honestly, in my eyes. Like the fact you thought you had to do this at 149 tells me you did not understand how the quarterbacks would go. I, I just like, right. Where did I didn't think he, I didn't know if Sean Clifford would be a priority UDFA. I honestly thought he would be like the Tim Demorat, like camp arm rookie camp signing. Just be, I have to be honest. Like, and it's not just me. Look across the, I did 300 players. Some people did more. I don't see Sean Clifford. I think I saw our friend John Ledyard tweet that Zerline had him 499 out of the 500 he did. This mm -hmm. is it was just you can get value at 149. So it's a B minus for me because they had so many picks 
And they got like Anthony Johnson Jr. and Grant DuBose are good value picks in the seventh round. I really liked that. I had Carrington Valentine, the cornerback out of Kentucky, as a draftable player. Um, Carl Brooks didn't test well, but at 179, like you take a chance on the film. Sure. I, I like Van Ness. I really like Kraft. Reed's a fine player. I just would have taken a different wide receiver. It's a B minus. They they are an odd team, but I'm not sitting here surprised at all. Besides the Clifford pick, this is exactly what I thought the Packers would do. I actually had Van Ness at 13 to them in my final mock draft for NBC, and I, I like wow. Van Ness. Wow. What little, did you think? Little, little 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 puff of the chest there that you got. The I, I was I was it was one of those like I think I'm yeah, finally Andrew, getting the Packers. Track. I was like it was such a proud moment. I'm like I think I finally understand them. Although Reed Reed shocked me. I thought they'd go bigger wide receiver. Yeah. Um... This one's a C for me. Packers grade is a C. I, I'm I even get lower it. on I it. I get it. Van Ness overdrafted compared to my board. Musgrave overdrafted compared to my board. Reed, same thing. Tucker Craft, same thing. Like they just overdrafted all of these players, in my opinion. Now, sometimes you need to do that in the draft. Like you're trying to go get your guy, you're trying to get a little bit aggressive, but they did that all across the board. I don't mind the way that they attack things. And that's why this is a C at worst to me, because I, I like going edge rusher in the first round, doubling up on tight end. I do like the strategy, get another wide receiver in there. That's fine. But like the guys that they picked and when they picked them, I just did not enjoy this draft strategy from the Packers. It's, it's kind of yep. my personal preference of how I saw these guys. I didn't mind how they attacked the draft, but again, the players that they drafted, where they drafted them um, for the most part were, reaches versus my board so there's a consensus to, by the way not just you then, not just me like versus the world right so it, it's just a against the grain kind of a draft and i don't see the players as similarly as the packers do i had lucas van ness in the 30s on my big board uh, i think it's although i i do like the spot for lucas van ness he was much lower on my board so had you taking jsn though so <laughs> it's <laughs> i would have taken jsn it's different because would I have taken JSN? Yes. Would the Packers have taken JSN? Never. So it, it's hard. You know what I'm saying? It's hard yeah. to have those talks. It's how it's hard to even answer that question when I don't think it was ever in the realm of actually happening with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, shoot, I probably would have taken Broderick Jones over Lucas Van Ness. He's higher on my board, that, depending that on what they de depending on what they think about David Bakhtiari and the, their long term need to tackle. I might have even taken Broderick Jones in that spot. So, I, just not a draft that I loved. Didn't love it. Uh, I'm very curious to watch Jordan Love this year because I, I don't. I think it's it's not the easiest situation personally. Yeah. Let's go Minnesota Vikings next. Jordan Addison in round one, pick 23. Didn't have a second round pick. This is a team that entered the weekend with only five picks. Makai Blackman, the cornerback from USC, getting him at 102. I think that's pretty nice value. They got Jay Ward, the corner from LSU in the fourth round. Ja'Kalen Roy, the defensive lineman from LSU in the fifth round. Jaron Hall in the fifth round as well. No sixth round pick. And then uh, my boy, all the way in the seventh round, kind of shocked about this one, Dwayne McBride uh, for the running back out of UAB. What grade are you giving the Vikings here? I give him a B. I, I think the Vikings did really well. Um while not spectacular, I like Jordan Addison a lot. I actually think he will be the most impactful rookie wide receiver because of this landing spot. I think Jay Ward and Jaqueline Roy, the back-to-back -back LSU picks, were underrated players in a not-so-great situation this year. I've said before, I thought Roy got held a lot this year and didn't get the calls, and he, he plays really hard. Ward is a team leader over there. That's kind of this versatile defensive back. The value pick for me here, Trevor, that I know I kind of want to toss to you right away because I know you love him, Dwayne McBride, I had him at 125. He went 222. So yeah. the Vikings 
hit on needs, got some value, not a splashy draft, but I, I think a much needed one. I have this as a B plus. I'm giving yeah. I'm giving I'm giving the Vikings as a B plus here. I was a little bit hesitant to give them a higher than a B grade just because I felt like they could have gotten out of 23 and still got a handful of picks, maybe around the second, third, fourth round, to get some more throws at the dartboard a little bit earlier on in this draft. But Quasi Adafo Mensa is not a general manager who I believe was stubborn to trying to trade back. This is somebody who we've seen has even traded within his own division. Like when there is a deal to be made, he is open to it. So I have to believe that from everything that we've seen about Adolfo Mensa, he, he, the phone lines were open. He tried to move back and there probably just was not a good price. There probably were not a lot of players still there that were enticing enough to warrant where they were going to trade back to, if it would have been the high thirties, low forties, whatever it is. And so instead they stick and they take Jordan Addison, who I agree with you completely. I'm much lower on Jordan Addison than I think the consensus is. I had him somewhere in the forties in my, in, on my big board, but this spot specifically love the potential for production here. I mean, he's immediately wide receiver too in that group. Love the combination of him with Justin Jefferson. So the fact that they could not move out, still select Jordan Addison, got Makai Blackman, who I think can be an impact player for their secondary very quickly. And then you got veterans like Ward and Roy. Hall, you're taking a chance on. I I don't know if Hall is ever going to really be able to stick around at the NFL level. But then you're getting a running back that I had in the top five of my running back rankings. Somebody who I love the vision. I love the footwork. I love the contact balance. Wasn't really used a ton as a receiver. Absolutely needs to stop fumbling the football. Yeah, that's a big one. and then, okay, he doesn't have the long speed. I get it. But on a down-to-down basis, man, I, I think that this guy is going to give you a positive ROI on a lot of his carries at the NFL level. So, honestly, this I, I did not think that the Vikings were going to be one of my more favorable drafts, but a B-plus is what I came to for them. I get it. I really do. Um, you want to move to Chicago? Yes, let's do so the, the Bears, Bears next. Bears had a lot of picks in this draft. They obviously flipped out of 9 to 10 with the Eagles. They had two twos. They had two fours. They walk away with Darnell Wright in the first round. Gervin Dexter and Tyreek Stevenson in the second round to help out their defense. Zach Pickens in the third. Roshan Johnson and Tyler Scott to help out their offense in the fourth. They had two fits. Noah Sewell and Terrell Smith. Uh, two defensive players. Sewell linebacker from Oregon. Terrell Smith, cornerback from Minnesota. Then in the seventh round, Travis Bell, DT from Kennesaw State, and then Kendall Williamson, a DB from Stanford at pick 258. Trevor, what did you think of this one? This was a long draft. I debated between B plus and A minus, and, I, and I'm, I'm really wow. just on the on, on the fence between where I am here. Ultimately, I landed on giving them a B plus, but love Darnell Wright. You trading back a little bit, still getting Darnell Wright. I think he's just obviously a starting right tackle for him. Dude, if you're getting Darnell Wright next to Tevin Jenkins, that is that is. The, the Bash brothers on the right side of the offensive line for the Chicago Bears. I absolutely love that tandem and that mentality that they get there. So love Darnell Wright, Gervin Dexter. Okay, this is kind of where, I don't want to say you lose me a little bit, but they had to, it, it depends how they view Gervin Dexter. If they think that Dexter can evolve into this pass rusher for them, they're going to be disappointed. And all of a sudden, maybe the plan of how this draft came together changes a little bit for me. But if they looked at Gervin Dexter and just said, we want to get Stout up front, this guy can help you do it. 
He's not quick out of his stance, doesn't have a ton of burst in that regard, but he's long, he's strong, he can hold up against the point of attack, and if you're yeah. not double-teaming him, man, he can stack and shed you and get off and, and make tackles at the line of scrimmage. So I think that he's a good football player in that regard. Tyreek Stevenson, um, I seem to be higher on than most. I liked him a lot in this class. He was a top 40 player for me, somewhere around 40. Um, they end up getting him at 56, so that's good value for me. I think he's a future starter for them on the outside opposite Jalen Johnson. Zach Pickens, nice athleticism on the interior. Roshan Johnson, I like as a rotational back there now for them. Tyler Scott, the number six overall receiver that I had in this class, and they got him at 133. Huge value for me. I love the field stretching ability. I love the speed. Okay, he's not the most polished route runner. He's not going to be the most nuanced with routes, but I gave I, I like this draft a lot. If Noah Sewell ends up being becoming something for him, even if he's just a runaway train going straight at the line of scrimmage in the A gap, I mean, this one's a B plus for me. I, I did like this draft quite a bit. So we saw this one a little differently. I, I gave him a C plus, which I know is harsh. Now That's harsh, man. I, I did not like day two at all. At all. Like, I got to be honest. I hated, I think, all three day two picks. Stevenson mm. might be my favorite of them because I think he'll be okay. Um, I had him 87th. I knew he was going to go earlier. It took him 56. That's fine. You get another corner. That's long. But early for Dexter, I didn't see any pass rush in his game. I agree with everything you said about his strength. Pickens at 64. Now, where they made up a lot of ground, and Darnell Wright at tennis, like that's earlier than I would have taken Darnell Wright, but this was the team that I I thought made the most sense for Darnell Wright, um, especially when you look at their spot at right tackle and trying to be a physical run team. Love the Roshan pick, love the Tyler Scott pick, love the Terrell Smith pick. I They took him at 165. I mean, I had him 67th overall. I thought he was better than Tyreek Stevenson. If you flip those two picks, everything makes sense. I... He's he has length. He has turn and run speed. He found the football this year. So for the Bears, I mean, it's just a little tough for me, right? Like it's really it's tough. If they took Jalen Carter at nine instead of letting the Eagles do that. I just thought that was I'd rather take the risk on Jalen Carter than Darnell. OK, right? I think that's what All it comes right. down to me that that's where this draft differed for me. And I know people so, valued right here. I just I didn't I didn't value right here. I would not have done that move. It's not a colossal failure this draft they got a ton of value on day three i just thought they just they just reached on day two three times in a row and i just can't wrap my head around that so i, I want to see I, chicago get some difference makers I don't, I don't know if they did that you and i just see darno right tyreek stevenson yep. very differently and i think I, that's I, what I, it comes down to yeah 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 and i didn't i didn't factor in the jalen carter thing although maybe i should have it's it's hard for me to factor that into teams because it's a conversation that we've had all weekend long. If you have Jalen Carter on your board at all, he's probably your number one overall player, right? Yeah, probably. And and there's probably a lot of teams in the NFL that didn't even have him on their board. They're like, we're not messing with him. We don't we, we don't want it. So it's it's just, it's it's hard for us to kind of quantify that for different teams. But we just saw this class a little bit differently uh, with Darnell Wright and Tyreek Stevenson. I think that that's the the big difference maker there. Detroit Lions, last team in this division. Oh, buddy. Jameer yeah, Gibbs. this is going to be a bit. This is going to be a big one. I'm curious as to what your grade is here. Jameer Gibbs at number 12 overall. They started at number six, end up getting to number 12. Take Jameer Gibbs there to kick things off. Jack Campbell at 18. Sam Laporta and Brian Branch in the second round. Hendon Hooker in the third round. Broderick Martin in the third round. Nothing in the fourth round. Um, Colby Swordstall, the offensive tackle from William and Mary in the fifth. Nothing in the sixth. Antoine Green in the seventh. Connor, 
What grade are we giving the Detroit Lions here? B plus for the Detroit Lions. I think oh. they got a shitload of good players in this draft. I don't care that everybody hates Shamir Gibbs at 12. I don't care that everybody hates Jack Campbell at 18. I get it. Positional value was not there I, when I walk away from this draft. Let me put it like this, Trevor. Put yep. Brian Branch at 18. Jack Campbell okay. at, at 45. Done. Done. I Jameer Gibbs at 19 or 20. I, like, listen, and the Lions got more picks. Let's not forget, they did move out and get more draft capital, which does factor into this grade. I think, I think their first four picks are going to be really good players. I really do. I think Gibbs is going to fit in really nicely there. Campbell's going to start in the middle of the field for a long time. Laporte is a jack-of-all-trades tight end with some explosiveness. I love the fit for Brian Branch to this team that I put him at 18 multiple times throughout the year. Mm -hmm. They got him at 45. Why not take Hendon Hooker at 68 and see what you have? I mean, who the hell cares? And then, I, I mean, the weird one for me was Broderick Martin. I thought I liked Broderick Martin. When I watched Broderick Martin, I was like, damn, Broderick Martin is a draftable player. Good for him. I put him at, at 96. I put him at 233 in the seventh round. I was like, <laughs> This is going to be a nice little D-line, like sneaks onto the roster for somebody in the sixth or seventh round. They took him at 96. What? What? So that one, I just, I can't even wrap my head around in the top 100, but the first four picks are what matters in this draft. And, and I think the Lions did really well. And I know, I feel like I just made myself like public enemy number one of Bears fans for not liking their draft and loving the Lions. I just go with my board, guys. That's, that's what it is. And I, I don't know. I think the Lions did well. I do. It's not. It's a hot take, I guess. Everybody hates their draft. Well, I had Jack Campbell at 25. I don't know why nobody cared about him in this draft. I'm still waiting for someone to explain that to me. Yeah. How, hold on. Okay, I got to ask you this because because you you brought it up. I give them a B minus, by the way. I'm giving, I'm oh, giving, so, I, I, oh, I give them, okay. I give them a B minus because they had good football players. I'm not going to kill them. They got good football players, but I can't give them higher than a B minus because of the way they went about it. The, does them picking Sam Laporta over Michael Mayer? I, I didn't hear okay, you talk about that at all. That is so, very, very fair. That you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, no, that is they fair. just the Lions just didn't give a shit about anybody else's outside opinion and maybe like. I, I know fans are going to love that, obviously, and and maybe sometimes that that's necessary. But their value of players is kind of all over the place versus consensus, and it's a complicated it's a complicated draft to evaluate. Very complicated. Very. I could have given this a C. I could have given this an A, and I landed a B plus. The reason why I landed on a B minus is because I like the football players that they drafted, and at the end of the day, the Detroit Lions got better after this weekend. I really do believe that. So it's hard for me to be too much harsher on them for that. You also, when we talk about positional value in the NFL draft, I, I still don't think there's enough context that is within the conversation about that. You can operate a little bit differently when you're in a winning window. You can. You, you don't want to get carried away with consistently drafting against what is recommended positional value because your roster is just not going to be healthy. Your return on investment is not going to be what it needs to be. Um, you're going to be betting on a lot of positions that don't necessarily move the needle a ton for your team in the direction of becoming a healthy, long-standing, winning window type of a team. You just don't really build a healthy roster if you don't take positional value into account when you're drafting. However, the Lions clearly 
went after their roster needs pretty hard in this draft because they believe they are about to really enter a winning window and take control of their division and make a lot of noise in a weak NFC conference. They clearly did not like DeAndre Swift. They were clearly no. ready to move on from him. So instead, with Bijan Robinson off the board, you go get the only other back that you think is dynamic enough to make a difference in your team for a potential playoff run. Okay, I understand that. They also want to make sure they are reliable and healthy at the linebacker level. They've got Malcolm Rodriguez, who is a great steal for them, and they have Alex Anzalone, who has been hurt quite a bit throughout his NFL career. You get Jack Campbell in there, you're okay with that. Brian Branch, now he's he could potentially be an immediate starter for you in the nickel in a revamped secondary room. Sam Laporta replaces some of the targets that you lost from not having TJ Hawkinson anymore and with the receivers down to start the season. The positional value part of the Lions draft will not line up to what is what what is like standard practice, what you should do. But the context of where the Detroit Lions are right now as a team makes this more understandable. You don't want to do this every year, but some years you can because some years you need talent at these positions, even if they're lower on the positional value board. So B minus for the Lions. I didn't hate it nearly as much as other people did. And in fact, I tried to understand it for where they are at the winning window. That's what I thought about the Lions. I like it. All right, let's move to the NFC South and start yep. with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Um, pretty big draft class, I feel like, for the Bucs. They had mm -hmm. a first and second round pick, both obviously in the top 50. They had then a round three pick. They had two fives, two and three sixes. So for me, I'll start with you actually here, Trevor. They kind of a shocker them taking Cancy, and not that I'm against that at all. I just didn't. Right. We didn't think this is something that they would do. Uh, a really interesting draft for the Bucks. Cancy, the first round pick, Cody Mock, their second round pick, Yaya Diaby, their third round pick. Is it Servacia? Servacia, Dennis? Uh, Servocia, I believe. Servocia. That makes a I lot believe, more sense. I believe it. I believe the linebacker from Pitt. Payne Durham, tight end from Purdue. Josh Hayes uh, from Kansas State. Trey Palmer, speedy wide receiver from Nebraska. And Jose Ramirez, one of my favorite day three picks, the pass rusher from Eastern Michigan. Trevor, what did you think of the Bucs here? Extremely Bucks draft. This <laughs> this has Jason Light's fingerprints all over it. Um, ultimately, I, I'd give it a B- minus because the fallout from the tr this draft is that Luke Gedeke is going to play right tackle for them, and Tristan Wirfs is going to move over to left tackle. And... If Luke Gedeke works out at right tackle, then this could be great because they move him over to right tackle. You're plugging Cody Mock in because he's going to play on the interior for you. Maybe it totally works out. I'm I'm a little more cautious. And I like Dan Anton Harrison from Oklahoma a lot. He was still on the board at 19. He would have been my selection for them at 19. I would have taken care of the offensive tackle part before I went to the defensive line. I like Kalijah Kansi. I was a little bit lower on, on him than you were. I wonder what he is in this Todd Bowles defense. Is he an edge rusher for them? And if that's the case, the arm length may really become an issue for them with that lack of reach. If he's going to be more of an edge rusher, if he's more of an interior player, do they have the guys around him to make sure that he's massive enough to not uh, get exposed by double teams in the run game? Or is he just a situational rotational interior defensive lineman? Cause you don't want to be drafting that at 19. I'm skeptical of kind of how they went about it, but 
it's like Yaya Diaby, I think is great. He's a, he's a fantastic versatile rotational player for a multiple front Todd Bowles defense. Payne Durham is really nice depth at the tight end room, which they're still trying to build out really like the Trey Palmer selection. I think he could be a back end of the roster guy. Jose Ramirez is a nice, nice choice to round it out, but it's not how I would have been about it, how I would have gone about it. I'm giving him a B minus. I still like the players that they drafted but you're really betting on Luke Gedeke to be a good right tackle for you in this situation. And I'm just not so sure I would have made that same bet. I gave him a B minus for almost the same exact reasons The the players value wise, like fancy mock and Diaby. If you kind of combine them together, the value pretty much evens out with my board. So I had no problem with the first three picks that they made. Didn't really love their day three, but they also, you know, were picking starting in the fifth round and, I did the value pick for me was Jose Ramirez. I'm at 196. I had him 161. They got him at 196. Nice. Now you get some project rushers and him and Diaby in there. I think they'll hit on one of those two guys. I like that Mox making the move to the interior. I think Kansi's going to be a stud. But yeah, I have some concerns about now the offensive line shifting. And I, I really didn't see much value in either of their fifth round picks. So it's a, it was a solid draft. It's not going to be a dud. I really love Cansey, but I also just saw a roster strategy that, you know, concerns you a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to be a dud, but there are still question marks on both trenches for the Buccaneers that didn't it's, necessarily get yeah. answered this weekend. Maybe they, maybe they will get answered in the future. Maybe they did make the right choices. I'm just a little bit cautious of that. So it'd be my, my minus for me as well. Atlanta Falcons, Bijan Robinson and number eight overall. Matthew Bergeron in the second round, the offensive lineman from Syracuse. Zach Harrison in the third round, the edge rusher from Ohio State. Clark Phillips, the corner from Utah, ends up going in the fourth round. Nothing in the fifth or sixth rounds. Um, Alabama safety, DeMarco Hellams in the seventh. Um, Javon Wynn, in the South Carolina guard, in the seventh as well. What do we think of the Atlanta Falcons draft and a running back going in the top ten, Connor? A B for me. The Falcons know what they are, and I respect that. They loaded up on defense in free agency. They are going to run the hell out of the football. And to do that, they took one of the best players in the draft and Bijan Robinson at eight. And then they took one of the best run blockers in the draft in Matthew Bergeron at 38. He's going to play guard. I absolutely love that. A little early for Zach Harrison, but they did need a beefy edge. They have all these speedy, thin edge rushers. Love the Clark Phillips pick. Clark Phillips for me was player 49. They got him at 113. I think he could play inside, maybe even a little bit outside for them, honestly, even though he's uh, uh, out of his weight class there. So Falcons did a nice job, to be honest with you. Um, I, I have no problem with taking Bijan. I think we'll laugh when we look back and go, oh, Bijan was a top four player from the draft. Cool. I'm interested in what the return on investment is going to be for almost everybody in this entire class, but I'm going to give it a B <laughs> because I do like the players, right? I like yeah, yeah, Bijan yeah. Robinson, but you already had the number three overall rushing attack in the NFL. Did you need to draft Bijan at number eight? Good question. Right? And it's, it's one Trying of those to get things, to number right? one. I, I like to, uh, I, I, right. And I guess that they're <laughs> trying to take the crown. Um, and I love Bijan Robinson in this offense. I love this fit. Arthur Smith's going to make an incredible player out of him, not just as a ball carrier, but as a pass catcher too. It's going to be great to watch. But again, you were already great at that level. How much does it increase what you do on offense overall? I guess we'll see. Cause he has a great talent to be able to do that. Love Matthew Bergeron. You know, how great, uh, how, how much I like him. 
he's super in control and him getting on that nastiness kind of offensive line with the Falcons might be the best for him. Cause sometimes he looks like he needs to play with a little bit more fire. And I think maybe this offensive line is going to be perfect for him. Zach Harrison, unique size in the defensive line. Clark Phillips. I like is that, um, depth kind of corner but again what's the return on investment can you play him at nickel can he survive at nickel do you play him outside what what's the arm length when he gets to the outside you're drafting a damn good football player though so gave him a b as well let's move on to the new orleans saints they took brian Brzee at 29 at the back end of the first round isaiah foskey in the second kendra miller in the third nick Saldaveri at the top of the fourth round i will add had to trade up to go get him to start day three of the draft Jake Hayner in the fourth round too. Jordan Howden in the fifth round. A.T. Perry in the sixth. What we think of the Saints here, Connor? This one didn't do it for me, if I'm going to be honest with you. This was a C. Um, the value pick was A.T. Perry. They got him at 195. I had him at 131. I mean, Kendrick Miller's a fine player. I don't think the Saints needed to go running back in the third round here. And I thought mm -hmm. I valued a lot of backs higher than him as much as they wanted a tough runner in that spot. 40 for Foskey. We are full circle on that. Back to summer. I didn't see him that way. I really didn't. I want to pull up the order of how the defensive ends or the edge players went in this draft. So Foskey went before Keon White, went before Tully 2 Pillow 2. Uh, I I just can't get behind that. It's it's hard for me. For Z, I think I'm really rooting for Brian Brzee. He had a tough year. I have no problem taking him at 29 because you're betting on the talent and and the health to go on the right direction. I like Salaberry might be my favorite pick of this group. Salaberry uh, and Hayner are my two favorite same. picks. <laughs> I think Hayner will be a great backup for them. I think Salaberry yep. will play all over the offensive line. I just, to be honest with you, disliked the value of all three of their first picks. And I can't, I just can't give it anything higher than a C when that's the case. Yeah. C plus for me. Um, I knew that any team that selected Brian Brzee early, it was just going to be a confusing and maybe lower grade for me because I'm I'm just not nearly as high on him. Well, I we don't haven't know seen what it yet. There's no. I don't like, know what you're getting out of Brian Brzee. I really yeah. don't. He's he's the exact player that the Saints draft every year along the defensive line, so it makes total sense and um, perhaps this is the best spot for him. You know how much I like Foskey, but did not expect him to go in the second round where he did. Again, Kendra Miller, good football player. I think he was overdrafted a little bit there. Saldaveri and Hayner are my favorite two picks of this draft. Perry, a nice little nice little player to bet on. I didn't mind him as a six-round pick. In fact, I, I thought that that was some nice value there to just take a chance on him. But um, C-plus there for me with the New Orleans Saints. Carolina Panthers, last team in this division. Uh, obviously starting things off at the very top with Bryce Young going number one. Jonathan Mingo in the second round. How about that? Ole Miss wide receiver. DJ Johnson, the athletic edge rusher from Oregon in the third. Chandler Zavala, the offensive guard for North NC State in the fourth. And then Jamie Robinson, the safety from Florida State in the fifth. What do we think, Connor? I gave this one a B plus. That is heavily skewed by the skewed by the fact that I love Bryce Young. They got a franchise quarterback in the draft. So how do you sit here and kill a draft that has that? Only a five player class. I, I like Mingo's fit with them. I just it goes back to the Jaden Reed conversation of I liked other wide receivers better than him. This was one of my favorite potential landing spots for Cedric Tillman. But I mean, they like the type of player Mingo is a unique body type um, can be used in a lot of different ways. Get size and explosiveness at the position. DJ Johnson at 80 was way, way, way too early. Way Zavala, too early. Way too early. That, that one, I don't know what they saw uh, to do that. Just speed. Just speed. Zavala, if his back is OK, he'll be a starter for them, which is massive. He's great in pass pro. Jamie Robinson in the fifth round, like just a rock solid, good tackling, fundamentally sound safety. 
So a draft that's heavily skewed by how good Bryce Young is, and they get credit for making that move. I think it was brilliant. But they did get some guys that'll that'll significantly uh, be significant role players for them, considering they didn't have a lot of draft capital to do it. B plus. I gave it. I gave it a B minus. Uh, Bryce, you didn't overthink that. You went with the right selection, number one overall. But I, I don't know how much credit to give you that. I guess the the move up, the trade up to go get aggressive, was, go get the franchise quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they, they went up and got their guy, and they needed to. So I'm I'm still going to go with the B minus, but I'm at least talking it out loud here. Jonathan Mingo, I like as a wide receiver, but as you guys remember from my wide receiver rankings, there were plenty of guys that I felt like could have been picked above him. Uh, he ends up going in the second round. DJ Johnson way overdrafted to me in the third round. Actually, like Chandler Zavala, Jamie Robinson a lot. So I think that they rounded it out very the well. Z- Zavala um, gets reunited with Iki Aquanu. Uh, so those those guys can Ooh. be absolute rogue graders if they, if they end up starting on the same side of the offensive line. And then Jamie Robinson, somebody that I was singing the praises of, of a rotational safety type player who can be very versatile for you because of how he approaches the position. So you nailed it with Bryce Young. I think that's what matters most. Jonathan Mingo, a nice um, size, speed, strength combination of wide receiver who's going to have every chance in the world to crack that starting lineup, make a difference, even in year one as a rookie. So if he pans out, obviously this draft class looks a lot better. I know a lot of people are big fans of Mingo. Sam Monson here at PFF. I think Adam, I think he had him top seven on the draft show when he got drafted. He was like, I knew it. He's like, I knew I should have had him higher. I knew I should have had him higher. I think Schrager so, had, I could be wrong. I thought Schrager had him in round one of a mock at some point, like leading he, up to the I draft. I think he did. I think he did. So, so we knew I, the NFL when was going to be I saw that, him, I was like, John Domingo was going in the top 50. Like, this is a lock. And it ended up happening. So I, a B minus here for the uh, for the Carolina Panthers. All right, which division we want to do next? Uh, oh, last NFC division, of course. Let's go to the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, I'm not going to read off all the Rams picks because it's a lot, but the ones at the top, they didn't pick in the first round. Steve Avila, the guard from TCU in the second round. Byron Young from Tennessee in the third round, along with Kobe Turner, your boy from Wake Forest in the third. Stetson Bennett in the fourth round. Nick Hampton in the fifth. Warren McClendon in the fifth. Davis Allen in the fifth. Puka Nakua in the fifth. And then I did want to mention Travis Hodges Tomlinson, one of their sixth round selections. Oh, Zach Evans, too. I want to shout him out. How can I not shout out former number one overall recruit in the country, Zach Evans? But uh, Connor, what'd you think of this one? No first round pick to judge it by, but what'd you think? The Rams probably slept till like two in the afternoon on Sunday. They haven't had to do this much work in the draft in in decades. So they're probably exhausted. I gave this one a rock solid B. Steve Avila, really like him. You got a starter for the long term on the interior offensive line. I love Kobe Turner. I think he's a starter at D tackle. I don't know why he wasn't invited to the combine. Mm-hmm. I really like Nick Hampton. That was my value pick. They got him 161. I had him at 102. So I thought they hit on a couple of players there. Um, and I like Jason Taylor, the seventh round pick at safety. I thought he was one of the better free roaming, free safety kind of players on day three in this entire draft. And he went at 234. I don't, I don't get that. I'm glad like Zach, like Zach Evans, the conversation for us was you can't take Zach Evans in the top 125 or whatever it was. And he goes 215. So it's like, that's where you throw darts at running backs with athleticism. Man, there's so many players in this draft, Trevor. Holy shit. So (laughs) I just, why didn't name them all? So 12 picks. It's a B. They got starters. I am not a Stetson Bennett guy. They took him in the fourth round. We'll see how that goes. Um, we'll, We'll see how that goes. Old, uh, the zeroth percentile weight 
back-to-back national champion back-to-back national champion that decided to Grid. get arrested arrested instead of going to the senior bowl uh interesting choice but once again it, for stetson bennett like you couldn't hand pick a better place to be a good pro this is oh, for sure this is great news for stetson bennett so for his sure. haters like me uh could be raising their fists at the sky in three years yelling so but we'll see this is this is a b plus for me no i, I give it a b this is a good draft. it's a good draft I, You've got you've got multiple spots where you could have potential starters or at least impact players. Now, the Rams roster stinks. So kind of easy to say that. But Steve Avila, good football player. Byron Young, you know I'm really you know I'm pretty high on him. You know I'm one of the more bullish people on yeah. him. I think he could be a really nice speed rusher for you on the outside. I think that he is just kind of hitting the tip of the iceberg of what he could be as an edge rusher. He's older, but there's a reason why he's older. He started football a little bit older at the collegiate level. So that's okay. Kobe Turner, I agree with you. He's great. He's almost like discount level uh, Kalijah Kansi in terms of yeah. where you can draft these guys and where they ended up going with him going in the third round as opposed to 19 where Kansi went. Stetson Bennett, it's a fine spot for him. I like Nick Hampton as well. like Warren McClendon. I think Davis Allen's got great tight end depth for him. Like Travis Hodges Tomlinson in the sixth. Like, come on, man. The film on Travis Hodges Tomlinson is too good for him to be a six-round pick. Yeah, okay, he's, he's small. He's just a nickel. He's, he's better than a six round pick. I, I think in he'll this prove class, people wrong. Yeah, right. Come on. Uh, so B plus for me. Really like what I saw from the Rams. Uh San Francisco 49ers. We got to do it. We got to talk about it. I mean no first, no first round pick, no second round pick. Jair Brown, the safety from Penn State in the third round. Jake Moody, the kicker from Michigan in the third round. Cam Latu, the tight end from Alabama in the third round. They also got Daryl Luter Jr., the corner from South Alabama in the fifth. Robert Beal Jr. in the fifth. D. Winters in the sixth, Ronnie Bell in the seventh, Jalen Graham in the seventh, Braden Williams in the seventh. What did you think about the 49ers? I gave this draft a D. This is the uh, lowest grade I have for a draft. Now to the Niners, didn't have a first or second round pick. Hard to get a good mm-hmm. grade when you're already batting from behind like that. Kyle Shanahan is such a great coach that he coaches through making bad picks all the time. Um, I like that they went up for Jair Brown, even though I thought he was, he's okay. I think he has some serious angles problems when tackling mm-hmm. and that scares me on the back end, but he makes some big plays, the line of scrimmage plays with a lot of fire. Never take a kicker in the third round. Do not care who it is. Never nope. take a kicker nope. in the third round. And this was your second pick of the draft. Hated this pick. I don't care if Jake Moody makes it to a pro bowl next year. I cannot kicker in the third round you're already starting in the c's when you do that cameron latu like former d lineman when he got to alabama four-star d line um i thought he had a really good awareness in zone he could block on the move i didn't value him at 101 i was a little surprised how early that this is what the niners just kind of do then their credit like they took brock purdy last year oh, man I, like i valued a lot of different tight ends over him there Robert Beal, I just didn't think they got any players out of this draft for the most part. Like, back-end roster guys, sure, but I mean, like, and it's hard when you're starting in the third round. I, I think Trevor, for me, kicker in the third round has just warped my brain. No, this is a D. This, this, like, okay, no so we, question about we, it. Well, yeah, yeah. And there was I, good offensive lineman on the board at the kicker spot that I thought could help them. Not, on, I'm going to see this is the one where Niners fans are like, yeah, we agree. Like, most fans hate when you give their team a bad draft grade. And I this, get it. This draft stunk. This draft sucked. And doesn't, this draft it doesn't stunk. apply logic. It doesn't apply any logic. Jair Brown got picked in front of Jordan Battle, in front of Jamie bad Robinson. Move, bad move. 
in front of Christopher Smith. I'm going to see where I had him. I think I had Anthony him in that Johnson range Jr. those guys. I had him at 106, but I thought Jordan Battle was a much better player. Let's see. Where did I have Brown on my rankings? That, that pick one, is like the only thing that's... I had him, one, like, I had him 123. Okay. Like I had him 123, and they picked him 87. That's 50 spots above where I had him. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, This is my least favorite draft. No question about it. Cam I, if Lottu, I'm wrong, I, I'll... Like, I'll raise my hand. I don't think they got a player from this draft besides Brown and a kicker. And, like, maybe Latu's a tight end three. Yeah, but, like, tight end, I don't know. Tight end three in, in the third round. round? What do you... Good thing the rest of the roster's great. Um, all right, moving yeah, yeah, on to the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks. Um, from uh, bad to better. Devon Witherspoon, Jackson the Jigba in the first round. Derek Hall, Zach Charbonnet in the second round. No third round pick, but Anthony Bradford, Cameron Young in the fourth. Mike Morris in the fifth. Um, Olubatimi, the center for Michigan, in the fifth. Jarek Reed in the sixth. Kenny McIntosh in the seventh. Will we give it, Connor? Drum roll. This is my A-plus draft. Oh, wow. The Seattle Seahawks fucking crushed this NFL draft. Devin Witherspoon could be the best defensive player to come out of this draft. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I thought, was far and away the best wide receiver. They got speed to power and Derek Hall. They got my RB3 and Zach Charbonnet. Him and Kenneth Walker are a dynamite tandem. I thought mm. Anthony Bradford is one of the best run blockers in this draft. And if you're looking for a place where a guy with that high-end run blocking but needs a lot of work in pass pro can survive, what they were able to do with the two tackles they took last year from the coaching they have in Seattle, um, and their offensive line coach is Andy Dickerson, like th- this is a place where I believe in the development of an offensive lineman that has some pass pro question marks, but kills it in the run game. Cameron Young, phenomenal run defense pick in round four. Mike Morris, gigantic stand up edge that can convert speed to power. I think Olu Olu with Timmy is a starting center in the future. I, like what? What more do you want from the Seahawks? This is an A plus. Yeah. This is a, this is an A for me. I didn't give it an A plus, but I don't know. Could have, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, it's, I mean, it's a home run. It's an absolute home run of a draft. A, A plus, whatever you want to call it. This draft is amazing. Uh, Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jake, but two incredible playmakers on both sides of the ball. What the, what the Seahawks have done over the last two off seasons to truly slingshot a rebuild it, it, at the speed of something that I, can, I can't remember happening. You you are trading and moving on from your franchise quarterback that it felt like your entire team was built around. The, and they needed to get a king's ransom for it to be worth it for them to move on from Russell Wilson, given the success that he has been and the identity that he has been for them over all the years. They took that ransom and have absolutely just, I use the word slingshot because it is, slingshotted their way back into relevancy. Hitting on Geno Smith obviously was a huge part of the puzzle, but what they have done around Geno Smith with the draft they had last year and the draft that they had this year, well done. Well done, Seahawks. Cardinals, last team in this division. Round one, Paris Johnson Jr. at number six. B.J. Ojalari in the second round. Garrett Williams, the corner from Syracuse, and uh, Michael Wilson, the wide receiver from Stanford, in the third. John Gaines, the interior offensive line for UCLA in the fourth. Clayton Toon in the fifth. Owen Papo, noted linebacker fullback in the fifth. Keetrell Clark, the slot corner in the sixth. Dante Stills in the sixth. Connor, can I start with this one? Please, my friend. 
this is an A plus. And I get this, it. I this, is, this, get is, it. this is one of my A pluses that I have. Not only did I absolutely love almost every single player that they chose. Paris Johnson Jr. is a starter. BJ Ojolari is a starter. Garrett Williams, if he's healthy, he's going to be a starter. Oh, yeah. Michael Wilson's a starter. John Gaines can be a really nice swing interior offensive lineman for you. He can play multiple different spots. Clayton Toon, okay, he's probably just a backup in the NFL. Whatever, it's a quarterback. You're taking it in the fifth. Owen Papo, very least fantastic special teams player and a great depth linebacker for you. Keytro Clark could be a starting nickel in this league. Dante Stills is a really great interior defensive lineman. And to top it all off, they moved from three to 12 to six, picked the player at number six that they would have taken at number three. And instead they got him three spots later and added a first rounder next year. That's going to be a top five pick. And a third rounder next year. Monty Osenfort, master freaking class, oh, man. Yeah. This is oh, an yeah. A-plus for me. I feel like Monty Osenfort is how if somebody let you and I be co-GMs of a team, like we would nav- like we would just pick up the phone all the time and be like, yeah, I'll move, I'll move back. I'll move back multiple times and jump around the board, then come back up and just like have a ball with the draft. And I thought that was really cool to see. Arizona now has two first rounders next year a second round pick, three third rounders, a fourth rounder, two fifth rounders, and a seventh round pick. They are armed and ready to go. And in this draft, I mean, this was the Connor and Trevor, my guys draft. They took Ojolari yes. and Michael Wilson. They they were like, oh, stock exchange, the, the official draft of the NFL stock exchange, done. It was awesome. I, Garrett Williams is severely underrated because he got hurt and then he wasn't because he went in the yep. third round. So good for him. Yep. Yep. Um, I like John Gaines. I really like John Gaines. I do I too. Clayton Toon, if you're going to take a fifth round backup swing, him, the value pick for me was Owen Papo. I had him 103. They got him 168. The freak. I mean, Dante Stills in the sixth round. Keytrail Clark. Is that a player we didn't like in this entire draft while loading up the farm on draft capital? Arizona did a great job. This was an A for me, no doubt. E- yep. Yep. Let's switch over to the. AFC, we'll start with the AFC East and the Buffalo Bills. First round, they got Dalton Kincaid. Second round, Osiris Torrance. Third round, Dorian Williams. Nothing in the fourth round. Fifth round, Justin Shorter, the wide receiver from Florida. The seventh round, they got Nick Broker, the offensive lineman from Mississippi, and then Alex Austin, the corner from Oregon State. What grade we give in the Buffalo Bills, Connor? A B. The AFC East just decided to be like the steady Eddie of the draft. Nobody really got over their skis or did anything too crazy, and I think that's fine when you look at the state of the rosters in this division. So I gave the Bills a B. If Torrance is locked in, that's a great pick at 59. I'd put them him to them in the first round before. Kincaid, if he's healthy, is just going to be such a mismatch big slot for them. I love Dorian Williams' ability and coverage. That I had no problem with that pick in the third round. I don't know if they got anything after that, but that's kind of how the NFL draft typically goes. I thought Alex Austin was an interesting outside corner when I watched him, but the Bills, the state of their roster, they just needed to plug some holes. And I do have significant questions about Spencer Brown at right tackle for the long-term future, which probably hurt this grade a little bit, but a rock-solid mm-hmm. B for Buffalo. I gave it a B plus. Really like Kincaid. Um, I like the potential of him and Dawson Knox now. It's a little bit redundant. Are they going to be able to get those guys on the field at the same time to be able to play in those multi-tight end stats, right? I think the the... Thought process is you want to get into 12 personnel more. Buffalo Bills played in 12 personnel the least in the NFL last season, only 8% mm, of their note. offensive snaps. 
had multiple tight ends. And I think that's probably because of their depth chart. So clearly they're wanting to prioritize getting that a little bit more, but Seth Galina had a really great point is Buffalo is building this offense with a lot of one-on-one players. Stefan Diggs can win one-on-one. Dalton Kincaid can now win yeah. on one-on-one. Um, Gabe Davis deep down the field. They're hoping could win James one-on-one. Cook. Out of the backfield. Right. James, James Cook can be, can be a, can be a uh, win one-on-one guy when he's a pass catcher. Josh Allen himself is a one-on-one uh-huh. guy. So building a lot of one-on-one stuff. Osiris Torrance. I like the fact that he's more of a power player for them can give them that profile. Look, we heard that the bills were, were in on Jack Campbell at linebacker. Um, you don't get Jack Campbell because he goes a lot higher in the first round than they probably thought he was going to. But then in round three, you get one of the only other true off-ball linebackers that we have in this class in Dorian Williams. And so I think that that's really good navigation of how the draft went. They hit some good needs. They improved their team. I think they're a little bit more well-rounded. And of course, this is a roster that's already in a winning window. They just need a little bit more to try to get them over the top to get that Super Bowl that they're searching for. So I gave this one a B plus for the Buffalo Bills. Miami Dolphins forfeited their first round pick. Second round, they went with cornerback Cam Smith. Third round, they went Devon A. Chain. It felt like just one of the easiest I mean, pick for prospect team so combinations easy. that was out there. No fourth or fifth round pick, but Elijah Higgins, the wide receiver from Stanford in the sixth, and then uh, Ryan Hayes, the offensive tackle from Michigan in the seventh. So only four picks here. What'd you think of it, Connor? Another B. I, I like where the Dolphins were, and that's impressive considering they didn't have a first rounder and they only had four picks total. To get a B is wildly right. impressive. I thought Cam Smith could have been a first rounder in this draft. That's probably why I gave them a B. A chain tailor made for the offense. The value here, Trevor, is Elijah Higgins. I had Elijah oh, Higgins okay. at nice. 146. They had him at 197. I do not think he's a wide receiver. I think he's a converted wide receiver to tight end at the next level that Miami can get very creative with. Um, so Miami got to be limited picks, but I, they got players and they got players that really, really fit what they want to do. And I, I'm I'm very high on Cam Smith. I know the rest of the world really isn't, but I like him a lot. I'm also giving this one a B. The Cam Smith pick is very interesting, right? Because you trade for Jalen Ramsey. You already have um, Zayvon Howard. Byron Jones, uh, not on this team anymore, but you got Cater Coe, who played fantastic in the nickel as an undrafted free agent last year. So in theory, you had your three corners already, but Seth Galena, again, made this point when we were talking on the PFF draft show, and I loved it. If you draft Cam Smith, you give yourself the ability to have five starters at defensive back, with the safeties included, with uh, with Jones and and um, Javon Holland, if you plug Cam Smith in opposite Zayvon Howard and then Cater Kohu in the middle, you allow yourself to play Jalen Ramsey however you want every yep. week. That might Jaylen, be what thinking. If Jalen Ramsey is better used as an outside receiver one week, as a slot as a, as a slot corner the next Good week. Call as a safety even the week after like you tr- you give yourself the ultimate ability to use one of the best defensive backs in the NFL however it is most advantageous to you every single week so i i really love that thought process and i hadn't even thought about it even though i like cam smith but cam smith devon a chain i think those are two perfect players right there they clearly think their offensive line is okay they don't they don't really take an offensive lineman that they think is going to have a heavy impact. So I wonder if that's going to come back to bite them. But I like the thought process, especially if that's to free up Jalen Ramsey. So I also gave them a B there. Let's talk about the New York Jets. Okay. Jets got Will McDonald to pick number 15, the edge rusher out of Iowa State in the second round. They went Joe Titman, um, the center out of Wisconsin. No third round pick. Carter Warren, the offensive tackle from Pittsburgh in the fourth. Your boy, Israel Abinaconda, the halfback from Pittsburgh in the fifth round. Uh, Zaire Barnes, the linebacker from Western Michigan in the sixth. 
Um, Bernard Converse, Jared Bernard Converse, the cornerback from LSU in the sixth round as well. And then Zach Koontz, they won the Zach Koontz sweepstakes of probably the greatest combine performance of all time. If none of you have seen it, go over to mockdraftable.com, type in Zach Koontz's name and see one of the most well-filled out spider graphs you're ever going to see uh, in your scouting career. So Connor, what'd you think of the Jets pick? What are you giving the grade here? Another steady eddy from this division. I gave them a B minus. I think there's a lot of disappointment. They weren't able to get Broderick Jones when the Steelers jumped in front of them. But overall, like I really liked Will McDonald. I had him as a top 30 player in this draft. And you think he fits perfectly for Robert Sala. You hear Robert Sala call him and say, we're getting you out of the four eye and into the wide nine. And when you watch what Will McDonald does well, you're like, oh, that's going to help him a lot. Joe Tipman, starting center, Carter Warren, probably long-term swing tackle. Uh, if he didn't get hurt this year, you have to wonder where his draft stock would be. Where they made up a lot of ground for me was getting a Banacanda in round five. Pick 143. I had a Banacanda at number 70 overall in this draft. That outside zone run scheme that Brees Hall, and I know it's a different offensive coordinator, but the offensive philosophies will not be that different. Brees Hall, you're going to kind of limit his workload out of the gate. Now you get the home run hitting threat with the Banacanda. So for the Jets here, it was just a solid draft where they're looking at their roster and going, we just need to be able to survive injuries because we couldn't last year. What'd we do? We went out and got Aaron Rodgers. We have the reigning offensive rookie of the year, the reigning defensive rookie of the year. We like our defense. We have a lot of different bodies on the offensive line, but they've been injured. So we need to make sure that we have now depth behind all of them. Joe Tipman and Carter Warren aren't necessarily even projected to play right away. I think Joe Tipman will win out the center job. Uh, mm -hmm. But Abana Candle was the value selection. And then the Jets just play RAS dartboard in the on day three. Like they, they just take guys that are all above a nine with relative athletic scores. And they took Coons, who was a 10. Uh, and you just kind of hope you hit on those. But once again, day three darts. So B minus for the Jets. Okay. I've I've got to give this one a C, man. Uh, okay. And I, I the reason why I'm giving it a C is because you and I talked about this after round one. I'm worried about offensive tackle. Yeah, I, I think that's fair you make the trade for Aaron Rodgers. It's not even that I don't necessarily like the players. I think they picked Will McDonald higher than I have him on my board. Same thing with Joe Tittman. Um, I think the guys that were a little bit later in the draft, I think they were appropriate to where I had them ranked. So those are totally fine, but you're overdrafting the, the the top two guys a little bit higher than where I had them. Not that that makes them bad football players. Just a little bit of a reach compared to my board. I wasn't the biggest Joe Tipman fan. Can understand other people who really like him in his size profile to be a versatile interior offensive lineman for him. I like JMS like better. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, but so, they, they and, wanted the athleticism. And like and like you said, like he could he could be their starting center, so it could all work out for him. Uh Will McDonald, he's kind of playing maybe that same situation that Bryce Huff played in, who was awesome. But I, I don't think the redundancy really matters there because you just need good pass rushers. And I think Will McDonald's gonna be a good one. But when I look at their offensive tackles, you and I have talked about it, right? It's it's Dwayne Brown. It's Makai Becton. If either of those guys get hurt at any point through a 17 game regular season, it's scary. But, uh, it's beyond Max Mitchell better be ready to go. And I like Max Mitchell, but yeah, I'm still even it's the, the yeah. part that really, the part that really bugs me about it is they had pick 13 and they dumb. needed Swapping to do was dumb. What, they, they needed to do what they needed to do to get Aaron Rodgers done before the draft. But I think Brian Gutenkus also knew that. Cause I don't think Goody was really worried about Van Ness being off the board by 15 versus 13. Strange. Well, unless new England really liked him, but yeah, which maybe, but cause they did pick Keon white. So maybe that could have been the case, but ultimately I look at the jets giving up that pick of 13 to 15 and then not staying aggressive 
to get jumped by Pittsburgh. Maybe they didn't have a chance because New England's in the same division. Maybe they weren't going to trade with them. It just sucks. It re- like it yeah. was hard for me to watch them watch Broderick Jones get picked one ahead of them, knowing 100%. now what their offensive tackle room is. So I, I gave I gave him a C. Not that the players are necessarily bad, but the way that they went about the draft, it was tough. So it makes you wonder if ABT will have to play tackle again at some point this year because now you have Tipman yep. at center and you can kick McGovern to guard. But we'll see with the Jets. Patriots. Uh, the Patriots. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, where'd you? Okay, so the, for the Patriots, I also gave them a B minus. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's funny to me with New England because if you just asked me after the first two days, I was like, man, New England's really on it. Like Gonzalez was an A plus pick. I like Keon White in round two. Little early for Marte Mapu as much as we loved his rise, but I love their first three picks in this draft. Man. B might. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I kicker in round four. I can't. I just drives me insane. <laughs> what, was, what was up with kicker this year? Drives man? me insane. Kickers and punters. What are we doing? The Jake Andrews pick, man. Like I had Jake Andrews at player 292. I thought he was one of the rougher interior offensive linemen I watched in this draft. So I gave him a B minus because I think they got impact with the first two picks. And then Mm -hmm. they kind of went full New England and just were all over the place after that. Yeah. New England's often a team that I think drafts very um, opposite. To, to my board, really, yes. every year. I, I gave him a C plus. I, you know, you hitting Christian Gonzalez at seventeen. It's fantastic value. What a gift you that know, was. Keon White feels like a Patriots type of yeah, versatile defensive lineman. So I think that that makes sense. Like you said, Mapu's a little bit early. Andrews a little bit early. They take a kicker, which is way too early. Uh, City So was fine where they picked him. I actually like yep. Antonio Mafi, so that one's a good one. Keishon Butte, they take a chance on him, but he's a sixth rounder, so it's fine. They then draft a punter. It's like okay, I, I guess, man, but. I gave it a C plus. wasn't wasn't one of my favorite drafts. All right, moving to the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals, who mm-hmm. you know stuck to the board, made some key picks to help out their defense early on. They got Miles Murphy from Clemson, DJ Turner from Michigan, Jordan Battle from Alabama, Charlie Jones from Purdue, Chase Brown from Illinois, Andre Yosevas, the wide receiver from Princeton, Brad Robbins, punter alert from Michigan, DJ mm-hmm. Ivy from Miami. Trevor, how did you view this one? I think he's an A minus man. I, I like this Bengals draft a good deal. Miles Murphy, I think, is a perfect player for them on an already established defensive line. Got bigger guys on the edges that he can work with and um, doesn't need to be this player that needs to come in as a polished pass rusher right away. Instead, he could be a really good athletic big body to help out their depth as they're making playoff runs. DJ Turner, somebody who I think could step in right away as they've had changes along their secondary. Uh, I know they've got some guys that could certainly play all those spots now with Cam Taylor-Britt, Mike Hilton, and uh, Chidobe Awuzie manning those spots. But DJ Turner's just another guy that you could put into it. Um, I also love their third and fourth round picks. Jordan Battle, very solid, smart player. If you need reps from him early, you can get them because he's not going to get overwhelmed. Charlie Jones, what you see is what you get. Good route runner, technician, somebody who can win off the line of scrimmage at the NFL level. Chase Brown, another top five back that I had in this class who I think can really take over if they end up moving on from Joe Mixon. This is somebody who I think can take a lot of that carry load for them. Andre Yosevis, a stud uh, special teams player at the very worst for you. So loved this draft for where the Bengals are right now in their winning window. Gave him an A-. minus. I did too. I agree with everything you said. I gave them an A minus. The value pick for me was Andre Yosevis, developmental vertical threat. They got at 206. I had him at 143. They did a really good job getting starters, impact starters for the defense in the it, with those other picks early on. I think Miles Murphy will help out with the run right away there and develop his pass rush. Jordan Battle was an underrated player in this draft. 
Bengals did a really, really nice job here in A minus. And that takes me to another team in this division that just went to war in the draft. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers here. I know we both <laughs> already have had big thoughts on them, but where'd you end up when all was said and done? A plus, dude. How could it not be an A plus? You make the mini jump to go up and get Broderick Jones. That's the position that you should have prioritized there in the first round. When you saw that the corners were falling a little bit, you knew that you could get one at the beginning of the second round. So Broderick Jones, that little jump up, perfect for him. You get Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, Darnell Washington, Nick Herbig. This draft was so good, man. You don't even That's pick awesome. in the fifth and sixth rounds. And then your seventh round pick, you get Corey Trice? who had the talent to be a third or fourth round pick and you get him in the seventh round, I assume because of medicals, the, we are looking at starters or major contributors left and right for this team. Them getting Darnell Washington at 93, stupid, Insane. stupid. Even if you think that like, okay, well maybe he's, you know, just the kind of like role player he was at Georgia. That's worth way more than 93 if it's at the NFL level. So I don't know. I, I love this, love this draft. You got playmakers everywhere. Guys that can, I mean, Keanu Benton on this defensive line is absolutely perfect. I think Joey Porter Jr. can be an instant starter on the outside, even though he's going to take his lumps a little bit at the NFL level. He gives you that ability. Nick Herbig, such a good football player. He could be a little bit of an edge rusher for you, probably an off-ball guy, but that's totally fine. And then Trice, like I said, I think he's got mid-round talent, man. I think this guy could have been a third-rounder. He's got that size-speed combination that not a lot of cornerbacks have. Brilliant bet to take, even if the medicals aren't what you love in the seventh round. You got starters and contributors all over the place. A plus for the Steelers for me. Love their draft. If I had a second A plus or did one for each conference, this would be an A plus. I gave it an A. It's it's really an A plus. It was my second favorite draft. Darnell Washington, I had it number 17 overall. They got him at 93. The Steelers got back to their roots and said, we want to be a team that lines up and punches everybody in the face. And yep. that was replicated on pick after pick after pick from rounds one through four. And I'm with you on Corey Trice. What a steal he could be. Staying in the division and looking at the Baltimore Ravens. Odd draft for the Ravens that they only made ultimately six picks. Not the traditional Baltimore way. Trevor, I give this a C plus. I, I like Trenton Simpson. They got him at 86. I had him at 34. I didn't value Zay Flowers the way they did. I think he's a nice number two or number three. He was wide receiver five for me. The pick's fine. I didn't really like anything after that, to be honest with you. Maybe Andrew Voorhees comes back healthy, but I, I valued him as a day three guy even before the injury. I usually love how the Ravens draft. This one didn't really do it for me, but besides Trenton Simpson with the speed in the middle of the field and kind of like their linebacker play as is right now. So I'm curious yeah. what kind of role they have for him, but Definitely the weakest one in the division for me. I gave the Ravens a C plus. Oh man. Okay. I'm a B for the Ravens. I like the Ravens, all things considered. They stuck at 22 and I thought they were going to move back, but love Zay Flowers in this offense. I really do. I think it's a great offense for him to, well, I, I mean, Greg Roman's gone, so we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but with the receivers they already have, I think he fits in very well. So I think he's going to be a major playmaker for him. Trenton Simpson didn't love him in the first or second round, but them getting him in the third. I, I do like the athleticism there, the versatility there for him. Even if he's just a C ball, get ball, kind of a linebacker, he's got that speed to be that kind of player for you. I think they're moving on from Patrick queen at some point. Trenton, Trenton Simpson's going to take over it. there. So I like the depth with Kai blue Kelly at corner at uh, at corner. And then I, I think Andrew Voorhees can be a future starter for them. I really do. I was higher on Voorhees than a lot of people. He's a powerful interior offensive lineman who, when he comes back healthy, I think he's that kind of Ravens mold of an interior offensive lineman who could step in and start for him if he needs to, or if the contracts get to that point in time. So I gave this one a B man. I, I outside of them not being able to move back from 22. I liked what I saw from Baltimore. 
Cleveland Browns. I give this one a B plus. Yeah, you, you better because 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 it's all your guys. It is a lot of my guys. If if you showed me the collection of players they got and then told me they didn't pick until the third round, my jaw would hit the floor. Cedric Tillman at 74, Siaki Ika at 98, Dewan Jones at 111, Isaiah McGuire, the edge from Missouri at 126, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, five-year starter, quarterback for UCLA at 140, Cameron Mitchell, cornerback from Northwestern, Luke Whipler falling to 190. I don't have a single reason for that. I had him 61st overall, has to be medical-related. I thought the Browns did a great job. I think Tillman is their future number two wide receiver. They'll see if they can get Ika dialed back in to help out with the run defense. He had a down year after a really good 2021. Dewan Jones has his concerns, but in round four, who the hell cares? Just take him anyway. Sure. I liked Isaiah McGuire, and I think DTR is the perfect backup for Deshaun Watson. So the Browns got a B plus. Considering what they're working with, I am wildly impressed with their board. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to criticize this draft too much. I also have a B plus for the Cleveland Browns. Them not picking in the first or second round, they get a really nice wide receiver and the type of wide receiver I think they need in Cedric Tillman. I felt like we were giving Cedric Tillman or Michael Wilson uh, when we were doing the, these longer three round mocks. So I like that Siaki Ika. Look, I'm I'm worried about him just like I worry. I'm, I'm worried about Dewan Jones. Those are two picks that are totally up in the air that you're taking a chance on in the trenches, but. They're trying to they're trying to kind of hit home runs in that area, right? It's already a really good roster in Cleveland, and um, if you, if you get if you get the 2021 version of Siaka Ika in the third round at pick 98, you're going to be pumped about that. He's going to be a difference maker, at least in a defensive tackle rotation for you. McGuire's going to help him out too. DTR is a great backup quarterback in that spot. Cam Mitchell was one of my uh, favorite corners in this draft. Uh, I think it had him right around the top 10 in these corners. He was deep corner class. So people might be like, okay, you didn't love him that much. No, no, no. I mean, it's a deep corner class. Love the movement skills, love the fluidity, the change of direction. And he's reunited with one of his best friends from college. Him and Greg Newsom were boys, not just because they played on the same team, but I read that they were really good friends. So I think that's a cool uh, story as well. Keep him in off coverage. And I think that that, that he'll definitely reward you. And, and man, Luke Whipler, very, very smart interior offensive lineman. Yeah. Guy who's making the call outs at the line of scrimmage. Knows how to adjust the protections. Knows where rushes are coming from. Can anticipate really well. Didn't love him as an athlete, but no way he should have gone in the seventh round. It must have been something medical with him. So honestly, it's kind of a lot of big swings at the fence. For yeah, it is. But if it pays out, man, or if it pays off, it's going to be a hell of a draft for him. AFC South. Start with the Indianapolis Colts. What'd you think of this group? All right. Uh, hold on. Switching the tab over. We'll I can read them off real quick. They took no, Anthony Richard. It. You got it? Okay. Run and run away. I, I got it. I got it. Anthony Richardson at number four overall. We got Julius Brents in the second round. Josh Downs in the third. Like Freeland in the fourth. The offense attack from BYU. Added to Miwa. Added to Buare, the, the versatile defensive line from Northwestern in the fourth as well. Darius Rush in the fifth. Daniel Scott in the fifth. Will Mallory in the fifth. Evan Hall in the fifth. You go a little bit further down, we got Jalen Jones, the corner from Texas A&M, and Jake Witt, the offensive tackle as well. I, I, I this is one this is one of my favorite drafts. I'm giving this one an A minus. I, I I had the long side there because I was like, should I just give it an A? But I'm I'm going to give it an A minus, and the only reason I'm giving it an A minus is because they took Blake, Blake Freeland at 106, and I I I don't know if Blake Freeland's even going to make it in the NFL, and that's that's rich for me of a player who I'm not so sure is is going to make it they're taking a chance on an athlete but it's so hard to find a flaw throughout the rest of this draft you and i have talked about it if you're going to take a, a swing at the bat on the traits at the quarterback position 
do so with Anthony Richardson. He's the highest ceiling that you could possibly get. He's the swing of the bat that you want. Love him with Shane Steichen after what Steichen was able to do uh, with, uh, with with Jalen Hurts and how he's able to watch Jalen Hurts improve so much as a passer as well. Julius Brents could be a future starter on the outside at corner for them. So could Darius Rush. Daniel Scott could be a rotational safety. Josh Downs, I think, is going to contribute right away. I think he could win that starting slot job this year in camp. I think it's a great spot for him. Adetumiwa Adabwari is going to play all over the uh, the defensive line. Evan Hall is a great special teamer. Uh, Will Mallory is a nice wide, uh, um, vertical stretching wide receiver, a move tight end. So this one gets an A- minus for me. Almost gave it an A. I just, ugh, Blake Flair and Plague, you didn't love that one. This draft was an A for me. I- I'm impressed with what the Colts were able to do in terms of the depth they got. They got all of the players you mentioned, and then they got Emil Echior as a UDFA. Oh, did they? I thought was a oh. third or fourth round offensive lineman. So nice. they just really knocked it out of the park. I, I'm excited about the Richardson pick. I'm with you that they might have got two starting outside corners. Adam Boire in the fourth round is insane. I like Jalen Jones in the seventh round. He's long. He's a former big time recruit that he was solid for AM. He wasn't a bad player. He just never emerged into a great ball hawking player. So for the Colts here, this was an A draft, a massive roster turnover with a potential franchise quarterback at the top. They absolutely crushed this, and they kept that momentum going throughout the UDFA process. Moving over to the Houston Texans, who also hope they drafted their franchise quarterback as well. The Texans had the biggest headlines of night one. There is no denying that. They get C.J. Stroud and then take Will Anderson after moving up, so back-to-back. Juice Scruggs, center from Penn State. Tank Dell stays in Houston. Dylan Horton, pass rusher from TCU. Henry Tua Tua was my value pick for them. I had him 86. They got him at 167. Jarrett Patterson, center from Notre Dame. Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver from Iowa State. Brandon Hill, safety from Pittsburgh. Trevor, what did you think of Houston? I gave him a B minus. I'm very curious to where you landed with the Houston Texans because if you just look at the names and the players, especially at the very top, CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, Tank Dell, Henry Toto, Jared Patterson, Xavier Hutchinson, some nice players, man. I think there's some players that can really round out this roster well. Where you lose me is how they acquired Will Anderson. It's They they paid a quarterback's price for teams that were maybe trying to go up and, and get Anthony Richardson above the Colts. And they took an edge rusher who I like, but probably cost you not only the first round pick that it, that he was selected with in this year's draft, but what is going to likely be a top five pick in next year's draft and a third round pick in next year's draft. That's tough. Like you, to me, that is, that is, that is basically quarterback price for a guy who does not play the quarterback position. And not only that, for as much as I like Will Anderson, he's not Nick Bosa. He's not Miles Garrett. He's not Von Miller. He's not that. He's not that kind of an edge rush player. And the price was, the price is too high for me. Um, they're going all in right now on this draft. They are trying to really jumpstart that rebuild. Yeah. I like the players that they have, but I cannot give this anything of anything higher than a B minus. I almost gave it as something into the C's, but then I felt bad because. They are. They did acquire talent. They got guys in the building that are going to be starters for them. But how they went about it can't give it anything higher than a B minus. So I give this a B. 
I I agree with you about the price point for Will Anderson. That was a lot to pay. It really, really was. I thought Juice Scruggs went way earlier than I thought. Way too early, yeah. Way too early. I wasn't very high on Dylan Horton. Henry Tuatua, I think, will be a starter. That was a sneaky good pick. What this pick will come down to is if Stroud and Anderson are... What this draft will come down to is if Stroud and Anderson are stars. Mm -hmm. If Stroud could be a top 12... They have to be. And they have have to to be with the urgency that the Texans operated with. When you look at the group of players, most times you think this is at least a B plus or an A minus, but the price points they paid knocks it down to a B. The Texans took their swing and made their bet, and it's going to be really fascinating to see how it ultimately plays out, not just this year, but when they all the assets they gave up, um, you know, I know they have assets from the Watson trade, but still, it was a big price to pay. This is just a B when you look at the players and you'd expect more. Jacksonville Jaguars, Anton Harrison, back end of the first round, traded back a little bit, still got their starting offensive tackle, at least we think, um, as Cam Robinson's going to have a little bit of a suspension there. Brenton Strange, the tight end for Penn State, going in the second round. Tank Bigsby in the third, Ventrell Miller the fourth, Tyler Lacey uh, in the fourth as well. You see Abdullah in the fifth, Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M in the fifth. Didn't think that was happening. Parker Washington, the wide receiver, yeah, Penn State in the sixth. A uh, handful of other players as we rounded out a uh, lengthy Jaguars draft. They're at the back end of day three. What'd you think? What grade you give him, Connor? C plus Jacksonville, a little all over the place. Sure. They took Harrison earlier than I would have, but I still like Harrison as a player at a premium position. That wasn't really the pick that got me hung up. Brenton strange at 61. I thought I liked him a lot at the end of round three and he goes in round two mm-hmm. tank Bigsby. They wanted a leg drive contact balance running back. They take him in the third round. I don't understand Ventro Miller in the fourth. I like you see Abdullah a lot and Antonio Johnson back to back. I thought those are really good defensive picks. Abdullah kind of this unique piece at linebacker that can rush the passer a little bit for an undersized guy. Antonio Johnson, one of the bigger falls. I just look at the Jaguars draft and for all the picks they had, I don't really know how much impact they actually got where I yeah. I would have rather packaged some of these day three picks and try to get more impact players. So it feels like they just want to become a tougher team with all of these picks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you had to do that like 14 times in a row. I, I didn't, I honestly, Trevor, I did not love this draft, but I can't say I hated it because I get the Harrison pick at the top. Yeah, I I gave it a B minus, but I, I really, I, I didn't love this draft. Harrison, I think is going to be a starting offensive tackle for them. So I, 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 I have to weight that pretty heavily because you're hitting on a guy who I think is going to be a long-term starter for you at offensive tackle. Didn't like the strange pick. Thought that one was overdrafted and they didn't really need him, although it felt like a bulky pick, honestly. Tank Bigsby becomes RB2 right away for them, which I like. Ventro Miller, love him. Special teamer, though. Um, Tyler Lacey, again, like high-motor player. Not sure how much high-impact he's going to have. Abdullah, I like. Antonio Johnson, certainly. No idea how Antonio Johnson lasts until the fifth. Like to me, at very worst, well, there's got to be a, so, there's got to be something there. Yeah, I, I I don't know how he lasted there, but talent was great. You know, I love Parker good. Washington. Just didn't have a lot of. I agree. Outside of Harrison, not a ton of heavy impact here from the Jags after this entire weekend. So I, I give it a B minus because you are hitting on a really important position with Harrison, a player that I like. But uh, that was my grade there. Tennessee Titans. Peter Skaronski at eleven. Will Levis at 33 in the second round. Tajay Spears in the third round. Nothing in the fourth round. Josh Wiley, the tight end from Cincinnati in the fifth round. Jalen Duncan in the sixth. Uh, Colton Dowell in the seventh. What do we think, Connor? Rock solid B for the Titans. I think they got one of the most high floor players in the draft in Skaronsky, and their offensive line needed a lot of help. So I liked that pick at 11. Will Levis at 33. That's closer to where I valued him. Take the swing. See what you get out of Levis. 
I like Tajay Spears as a compliment to Derrick Henry. He's really good in space. He can make people miss. He's a good pass catcher, good vision, patience. After that, like Josh Wiley, okay. Jalen Duncan was good value. I, I saw Duncan as maybe a long-term swing tackle. I had him at 152. They got him at 186. Rand Carthen didn't need to operate with a wild amount of urgency in this draft. Even if they miss on Levis, he'll still get another shot at a different quarterback in the future, I think. So I thought the Titans, this was a, a rock-solid draft where they just try to get back to being that contender. Uh, I know they're doing a lot of rebuilding, but it felt like plenty of picks here that will help them right away. Would you give it? What was the grade? A B. Man, I... I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an A minus. Oh wow. Okay. I'm gonna, I, where did you have they, Levis? To like 12 overall. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I, I mean, like so. Levis, 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 I think is a future starter at the NFL level. I I like Will Levis. Uh, Peter Skaronski is a top five player in this class. They got him at 11. Love that. Tajay Spears is somebody who I really liked in this in this running back class as well. So like player wise, they hit it on those first three guys. And then you don't even pick in the fourth round, fifth round and beyond. I like that. They're taking a chance on Jalen Duncan and his athleticism in the sixth. Um, Josh Wiley. Fine. He's just a depth tight end, but for what the Titans had to do, get your potential starting quarterback, your potential starting uh, uh, full-time offensive tackle, at least a damn good offensive lineman. However you slice it. I gave him an A minus. I like this draft a lot. I really did. I think Skaronski will be a great player for them. I'm fat. I, and I love the plan for Levis behind Tannehill on the expiring deal. So, right. right. Uh, okay. Last division here, mm -hmm. the AFC West. I'll start with the Denver Broncos who did not have a first round pick. I gave the Broncos a B minus. I, I thought considering they didn't have a first round pick. I like Marvin Mims, although they have a lot a crowded wide receiver room. I think Riley Moss went closely to where I valued him. Same with Drew Sanders as well. They really didn't do anything too wildly off the board. JL Skinner at 183 had good value for me. I had him at 113. Mm -hmm. This was one of those drafts that just felt like a depth-related draft. Maybe a wide receiver three, a linebacker that can rush the passer, a depth corner that can maybe develop for, to, as a starter for you on the outside and Riley Moss. They didn't have a lot of picks, so it was just hard for them to exceed that B-minus grade. But I had no problem with the selections they took. Yeah, it was a B-minus for me, too. I was deciding, do I give them a C, do I give them a B? But it was hard for me to get into the C realm knowing that it doesn't have a first-round pick. And I still, I like Marvin Mims. I like Drew Sanders. I exactly. like Riley Moss. And if that's the case, like, okay, then you pretty much like their draft <laughs> because then they're not picking, obviously, in the fourth round and the fifth round either. J.L. Skinner, I didn't love, but he's a sixth round pick. If you were picked... if if Jalen Skinner was going in the third round where sometimes you, you I felt like, like he was it. being projected, yeah. right, I wouldn't like it at all. But just because I, I don't want to – you can't keep that attitude of, oh, I've watched him be overdrafted in mock drafts when he's actually picked in the sixth exactly. round. That's totally fine. So I gave this one a B-. minus. Uh, not sure how that wide receiver room is going to shake out now. Maybe uh, so I'm a little Maybe. confused with that. I also don't know how they're going to use Drew Sanders. Is he going to be a rotational guy behind Baron Browning, behind – Randy Gregory behind Nick Benito. Like he's going to be within that group or is he going to be more of an off ball guy with Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell? Not sure. We'll see. Riley Moss. I, I just think he's a good football player, even though your arm like kind of scares me. You got to play him in off coverage. Can't play him at the, at the line of scrimmage, but be minus for me. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Let's hit them next. Felix on Dickie Uzama at the back end of the first round. Rasheed Rice in the second. Wanya Morris in the third. Uh, Chamari Connor in the fourth. BJ Thompson in the fifth. Keandre Coburn, defensive line from Texas in the sixth. Nick Jones, the feisty corner from Ball State in the seventh. What do we think about this one, Connor? 
I gave this a C plus, and I feel like I've given the Chiefs A after A over the years. And eventually, they're not dealing with an overwhelming amount of capital. This was a little early for Felix, but fine. They need a pass rusher. And Will McDonald was gone. I would have taken Ojolari, but it is what it is. I like where she Rice's fit with them. Like hang time, jump ball, work back to the quarterback when the play breaks down. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of good wide receivers on the board here, Trevor, that this one surprised me a little bit. Uh, Wanya Morris, some depth at tackle. BJ Thompson was one of my favorite project edge rushers with his athleticism and length. But for the Chiefs overall, those first two picks are what defined it. And those guys were not rated as my top player in those position groups at all in those spots. What, did you give him a C plus? Is that what C I heard? C plus. That's what I, I I have the same grade for him. I like Felix. Um, it might not matter because they have Patrick I think Mahomes. He, I think he's going to, well, of course. I think Felix is going to be good for him. Rasheed Rice, you and I have talked about this before. I think he's got to totally retool who he is as a wide receiver. 100%. He's going to succeed at the next level. So um, that's got to happen before he even becomes anywhere near the conversation at that second round value. Morris is okay, but his discipline, his hand usage, I think that that's that it's all He's got a ways place, to go. So. He does. He does. He does. And then uh, some of the guys, I like Keandre Coburn actually in the sixth and Nick Jones in the seventh, but how high of an impact are those guys going to have? Couldn't really outweigh what the rest of their draft was for me. Um, I agree. Thompson's a nice, like kind of uh, an edge rusher that you develop. You don't have to start right away and that's fine for them and their defensive line, I suppose, uh, especially after drafting Felix, but C plus, I just didn't, I just didn't love it. Raiders. That's the next team I want to hit. Tyree Wilson at number seven, the edge rusher from Texas Tech. Michael Mayer in the second round, um, tied in from Notre Dame. Byron Young, the defensive lineman from Alabama in the third. Trey Tucker, the wide receiver from Cincinnati over Tyler Scott. Oh, Didn't man, see that funny. one coming. Uh, Ja'Cory Bennett, the corner from Maryland in the fourth. Aiden O'Connell, uh, Purdue quarterback in the fourth as well. Chris Smith, the safety from Georgia in the fifth. Marty Bernie, the linebacker from Florida in the sixth. And um, Jade Silvera, um, Nessa Jade Silvera, the defensive lineman from Arizona State in the seventh. What's the grade here? B plus. And a lot of that hinges on the value, I think, of two picks. Michael Mayer, top 10 player for me. They got him 35. And Christopher Smith, they got at 170. I had him at 108 and is a potential starting safety one day in the NFL. So mm-hmm. they crushed the value on those picks. Tyree Wilson, kind of right around where I had him. I think I had him at like 10 in this draft. No problem there. But the value of Michael Mayer as a future top 10 tight end in the NFL. Christopher Smith is a starter in round five. I wish they took Tyler Scott instead of Trey Tucker in round three. Try to develop Aiden O'Connell. I knew he was going to go a little earlier than where everybody valued him. But it, this is a draft that will be defined by Mayer and Wilson, and I'm, I'm betting on both of them to be hits, and that's why this is a B plus. I This is a C plus for me. Um I don't love Tyree Wilson. Everybody, everybody knows I'm, I'm not nearly as high on Tyree Wilson. It's hard, it's hard to be too much of a judge because we knew this was coming, right? But I feel like I have to stay true yeah, to my you board. Still stick to your board, and 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 I got to give this one a C plus. Obviously, getting Michael Mayer where they did is some nice plus value, especially as tight end three behind uh, Sam Laporta. Um, Byron Young, I think it's a good depth player, but how much of an impact player he is, I'm not really sure. I think he's more of a rotational defensive line guy than um, the, the more impact player that they needed. 
Trey Tucker, I thought, was definitely overdrafted at, at number 100. Jacorian Bennett in the fourth round is fine. Aiden O'Connell in the fourth round, also fine. Like Chris Smith and Amari Bernie, but those guys might be more just special team players, low-impact guys. So at the very top, sure, Michael Mayer, good value there. Um, but Tyree Wilson, I just didn't love the value of it, and then I didn't really see high impact elsewhere throughout the draft, so I had to give it a C plus. Last one, the Los Angeles Chargers. Or should I say the TCU Chargers? Quinn Johnston. The pick yeah. for them, the wide receiver from TCU at number 21. Tuli Tupelotu, the edge rusher from USC in the second round. Diane Henley, the linebacker from Washington State in the third. Darius Davis, wide receiver from TCU in the fourth. Jordan McFadden, tackle from Clemson in the fifth. Scott Matlock, the defensive line from Boise State in the sixth. And then Max Duggan, the quarterback from TCU to round things out in the seventh round. Connor, how we feel about this one? B minus for me. I thought Tully was the best value pick. I had him at 45. They got him at 54. I like his power he plays with on the edge. Quinn Johnson, pretty close to where I had him. He's going to be this kind of high variance wide receiver, and and they could deal with that considering the skill group they have. They just in my and Dion Henley right around where I had him. Run and chase linebacker. Thought they reached on Davis. Thought they reached on Matlock. It's just a rock solid draft. It's a B minus for me. You got help at skill talent and wide receiver with Quentin Johnston. You got more pass rush help. You got more speed in the middle of the field at linebacker. Jordan McFadden gives you significant offensive line depth that you needed, but it's just this is just a rock solid draft. I, I you know, I, I they wanted size at wide receiver, so that's why they took Quentin Johnston instead. Mm-hmm. I'll go a little bit higher. Uh, I'll go. I'll just go B on this one. Could have even gone to B plus. I think they they nailed those first three picks, and those are the, really the only ones that matter to me. They That's got more. Dy- they got more dynamic at wide receiver. Uh, they got edge at depth, and they got more speed at linebacker. You're, you're kind of nailing it there. So you know what? I'm changing my answer, Ryan. I'm changing my answer. I'm, I'm going to a B plus. Uh, the TCU love is strange, but those were really kind of cool though for those three guys. Yeah, no, it is. They they got some friends now coming over with them, which makes life a little bit easier. But I'll go B plus because those three picks were really the only ones that mattered. And I think they hit all three, the right position, the right priority with the right players that were available at the time. So for the Los Angeles Chargers, hard to hate on them. I'm I'm, I'm going with a B plus on this one. Didn't wow me, but they did what they were supposed to do. And I think that is what is most important. There we go. That is all 32 team grades for the 2023 NFL draft. Let us know what you guys think. We want to hear your draft grades as well for your favorite team. We want to hear your takes on our takes. Of course, you could do so on our YouTube channel. We are so close to 10,000 subscribers and I I'm just blown away that we have gotten to this point here uh, to yes, cap off the 2023 everyone. NFL draft cycle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the listens, the subscriptions, all that. We love you guys so much. So let us know what you think. This is always an NFL draft community, not just a podcast of us talking to you guys. Hit us up on, 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 if you're an audio only listener, hit us up on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J Rogers. You can do the same thing on Instagram. We're going to be clipping this one up. And, uh, and and using this as kind of one-offs for a couple of the team draft grades. So we're going to be posting that throughout the week. But we will be back with you at some point. I don't know if it's going to be Thursday. I don't know if it's going to be Friday. I don't know if it's going to be next Monday. We might need to take a little we'll bit of a break here. But like Connor said, the NFL draft madness does not stop here. We're going to be here for you doing recaps, I think, throughout the next month. And then diving into 2020 Hell yeah. as well. Uh, Connor, anything else before we get out of here? No, you summed it up. Um Thank you, everybody, for rocking with us. We know this was a long, long, long show. We're not done talking about the rest of this draft yet, but we wanted to get at least 90 seconds on every team. So we give each and every one of you a little attention. We'll get into the details over the next couple of weeks here in the month of May. I'm Trevor Sikama. That's Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching the NFL Draw, the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 